Welcome back to the 12-Sided Guys. We have Matt still playing Pine. Hello there. Scott as Roos. That's me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. What are you, an ambulance? Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, as Fantasy Mori Povich. You know, because I love to stir up all that family drama. <laughs> when it comes to 51-year-old Sanya Pine, you are the father. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we're so glad you've come this far on our adventure with us. If you want to support us, go tell a friend, leave a review, or even become a patron. There are a lot of perks for being a patron, including some that aren't listed on Patreon. In fact, a few weeks ago, while I was visiting Matt down in the Intermountain West. Classic name for Utah. <laughs> I, I always assume we're avoiding saying Utah. Oh, no, I just like, no, it's just like we could say the Rockies, but then everybody's like, oh, you're from Denver? No. I always thought the Rockies would be a little rockier. Yeah, that John Denver's full of <laughs> <laughs> We had to get together for our patrons at a very cool medieval fantasy themed restaurant. We had a great time chatting about life, the podcast, and all the other whatnots. So here's a quick thank you to everyone that showed up. Tana, Josh, Joshua, Jeremy, Andrew, Peter, Terry, and Daniel. And I'd like to give a very special shout out to our newest patron, Cameron, who also came to the get-together. Cameron uh, took the initiative and not only became a patron, but also created our very own Discord server for fans of the 12-Sided Guys. Now you can join the server by following the link in this episode's description. So, Cameron, thank you so much for your technical know-how and for your inspiring singing of that Uncle Cracker hit where he's trying to convince a woman to cheat on her husband and not feel guilty about it. It was truly breathtaking. <laughs> anyway, if you're like me and you love your mom, even though she used to unplug your Nintendo if you were playing it longer than she allowed, ruining your saved game in the process then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 62. Wait, did you guys go to round table, round table pizza? Is that where you guys went? That was medieval? <laughs> no, we went to a place called Vander's Keep. It was actually really, really cool. Yeah, it's super cool inside. It's amazing. Squire, Nari shouted internally. Quick, run this message to the queen. Kira, things have complicated in the few minutes since we left you. The city gate is still shut but we've made no progress locating Kippen and Trippin and where they've disappeared to. However, their absence did allow Reese and Ebby to cleverly disguise themselves as these high adjudicators. The deception was good enough for us to get on the airship, but as soon as Reese opened his mouth, the facade shattered. Fortunately, there was only one bailiff aboard, and Phobos and Demos made short work of the man. But what's more concerning is the crew. Kira... This airship is captained by Sonia Pine, our beloved Pine's daughter. She doesn't appear to be in league with the tower. However, she clearly holds on to honor as tightly as her sire. She perceives the attack on her charges as a slight against herself. We try to reason with her. 
to explain that her passengers are trespassers, that they came into the city to break our kingdom's laws. But it was no use. Ebby's intimidation, Roos's persuasion, even her own father's pleas did nothing to change her mind. Kira, I worry how this will end. We have the strength to take the airship, but I fear the cost. Squire stared blankly back at Nari, shrugging. Kira was too distant to receive her message. The fate of the airship, and possibly Pine's humanity, laid in the party's hands. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, snap. That was great. <laughs> All right. Well, this is where we left off. We left off with our heroes facing off against Sanya Pine, the 51-year-old former Imperial captain of an airship. She has drawn her saber and has, I believe, told people to get off of her ship and even said something to the effect of, over my dead body. Uh, just so that everyone knows kind of what is going on here at the front of the ship, the bow. See, I got this. Um, we have the party, we have Sanya, and we have also Phobos and Demos. On a full-on ship, we call that the foxhole. On the foxhole, um, which is the bow or the front, um, we have the party and we have uh, Phobos and Demos as well as Sanya. And then more at the, um, don't tell me I got this back the aft of the ship poop deck (laughs) (laughs) the quarter deck on the quarter deck we have it looks like we have a couple of sailors up in the rigging we have a few more sailors down there um actually on the ground or on the uh, deck of the ship we also have one who is dressed a little differently you imagine he's probably the first mate um standing over by the wheel and we are at a standoff the first mate looks like saitama oh my goodness he totally does (laughs) Oh, we're screwed, guys. <laughs> uh, that guy probably does 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats, and runs 10K every day. Around the ship, that's a lot of laps. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can see where the wood's all worn down. Yeah, so you're on this ship. And also, I just want to explain a little bit more about this ship. You can see that um, airships are usually, they have a big balloon. That's kind of what helps give them lift, but they're also powered by crystal tech. And um, usually the crystal tech is more in the aft of the ship. And you can see um, still kind of pouring out of the back of the ship is some kind of like mist or kind of this blue energy that's coming off of the crystal apparatus that actually powers the ship. And then there's this large white balloon um, up over uh, overhead. That is what's going on. This ship, the Angel's Might, is in the water of the Long River, and you are facing off against Sanya Pine. Are we rolling initiative? What's going on? What are you doing? She has her sword drawn. I have not said to roll initiative yet. We can do that. Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and take some turns. Sure, let's roll initiative. Ugh. Roos got a 21. Pine got an 18. So, Roos, don't kill Sanya before I get to talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) Nari rolled a 10, so you don't have to worry about it. But I did stretch beforehand, so. And Ebby got a 15. Amarok got a 14. And Phobos and Deimos, ooh, got nat 20s for a 22. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, shoot. Damn, they're the real stars. (laughs) (laughs) I keep forgetting about Amarok. He's so little. He's just a little guy. 
Oh, and also just a quick disclaimer. If anybody notices that my voice sounds a little bit weird, um, it is the springtime in the Pacific Northwest and allergies um, go crazy this time of year. At least mine do. So uh, sorry about that. We are excited to keep going and playing in spite of my voice sounding a little scratchy and a little bit like Barry White. You sound fine. Thank you. We are starting initiative. Let's start up at the top. We have Phobos and Demos with their 22 initiative. They have just finished snacking down on this tattooed bailiff that you took out at the end of our last session. I don't know that Pine is going to love this a whole lot. Um, although we're not we're not fully in combat yet. I mean, we're in initiative. Yes. But no blows have been... So I believe last time we left off, I had attempted to intimidate with Phobos and Demos. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to have them just take a... They're going to prepare an action to attack um, anybody that makes an aggressive move toward us. So if that's Senya, then that's Senya. But if it's any of the crew, then it'll be the crew that they'll go after. Okay. And just so everybody's aware, her name is Sanya. Sanya. Like Tanya. Ah, got it. Okay, my bad. Sanya like a sandwich. All right, so Phobos and Demos have gone. It is now Roos's turn. Roos is going to move up and stand beside Mr. Pine. My, my goal is to offer Pine the aid action, so whatever he attempts to do to give him advantage on the roll. What I'll say to Sonya is you do not have permission to land here and your employers broke the law when they entered the city without permission. And then I'll motion to Mr. Pine. Do what you want with your daughter. And Mr. Pine, it is your turn. Okay. Pine will say, Sanya, we don't want to fight. And then he'll look around behind him at his allies and say, we don't want to fight. And he'll uh, look back to Sanya and say, Sanya, like we said, these people commanded soldiers in our city who ignored the laws of Tabri, a sovereign nation. And now, unwittingly, you've brought the generals to come and see the fruits of their soldiers' work. We're not asking you to betray them. We're not asking you to give up your ship. We're simply asking you to leave. And that's Pine's turn. Why don't you make a persuasion check um, with advantage because uh, Roos helped you and um, we will see what happens on her turn. All right, I rolled a dirty 20. Okay, Ebby, it is your turn. Oh man. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ebby, Ebby wants to just burn this whole mother to the ground. Burn and eating the peasants. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ebby is going to prepare an action as well to do some attacks, some some cantrip attacks. If anybody makes an aggressive move towards the group or goes to make an attack themselves. So we'll do that. But I think he is also going to continue to kind of say to to Sanya if you and your men do not retreat from the ship they will be removed by force I imagine like your wrist flipped down and like you've got your double barreled uh, mana cannon ready to go right yeah that's kind of what I was thinking 
Nice. Okay. And what's Amarok going to do? Amarok is actually going to go invisible. And I'm going to have him actually kind of move up to give the help action probably to... Well, Phobos and Demos will have pack tactics. Roos, you're giving the help action to Pine, right? Yeah, I did. Just a quick reminder, Pine is unarmed. He left his cane and his sword behind and walked towards Sanya. They're back probably more by Nari. Roos didn't unsheathe his weapons either. Got it. Could the could I have Amarok potentially prepare a help action for me? So that if I attack with like the my mana cannon cantrips, he can like run a quick interference. Sure, yeah, we'll say that Amarok's giving you the help action. That's great. Perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, let's do that. Okay. All right. That brings us now to the sailors. Um, the sailors that are back on the quarter deck, they step forward. There's two of them and then the first mate. And they draw. Okay. I promise these have been in the game the whole time. You guys just haven't run into them. They draw pistols out of their waistbands. Um, so they have. What sorcery is this? <laughs> they have long swords in one hand and they have pistols in the other hand. Um, and actually, just a quick uh, FYI, way back in chapter two, do you remember when you guys were like sneaking into the woods and there was like that that house that you guys came to and you guys slept in the in the stables for like a little bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that house was actually a hunting lodge and had you guys gone in there and explored, there was a full-on musket above the fireplace that you guys could have gotten. If we were thieves. <laughs> yeah, none of us are thieves. Guns have been in the game, but this is the first time you're actually seeing them in game. Uh, So this is not a surprise that somebody would have a firearm. Um, They are very rudimentary and basically like single shot flintlock pistol type things. Um, Every once in a while, you will find like a a magical, um, a magical pistol that might like change the damage type to ice or fire or something like that. Um, But these look like they're just mundane flintlock pistols. Um, and so these sailors, all five of them, they all draw their pistols and the two that are in the rigging come down the rigging a bit and they're now standing on the deck. They are um, coming a little closer, but not within the reach of Phobos and Demos. It looks like they have readied actions and they are looking at Sanya and it is now Sanya's turn. Sanya looks at you, Pine, and she says, Father, I understand your predicament and I understand your plea, but I now plead with you. Get off of my ship and you can go. I will wait for my charges. I will not enter the city, but I must stay here to fulfill my obligation that I have given my word to do. Surely you understand that, Father. Oof. She has not sheathed her sword, but she has let the point drop down to the ground. Okay. We'll see what happens next. Nari. Man, I was really hoping this would be resolved. Before your turn, Nari, um, Pine, why don't you go ahead and make just a quick perception check? Pine rolled a nat one for a four because his eyes are filled with tears. (laughs) Yep. Okay. All right, Nari, it is your turn. Yeah, I was, I was really hoping this would be resolved before it came to me. I do think Nari will take a step forward so she's closer to Pine because he does not have a weapon. Okay. We'll kind of step behind him, prepare to stand in front of him if necessary. What if we make a compromise? 
what if you don't leave this these waters until we've figured out how to best deal with your charges? And then if if we decide to let them go in fairness, you can leave. And if we decide to keep them, you can leave as well. It sounds like everybody wants to talk at this point. So at this point, we'll keep the initiative order where it's at. The um, the next person to go will be the, um, or is the first mate. And he is going to also, he's gonna come around uh, off of the quarter deck down um, kind of more, more midship to get a little closer to Sanya, but he is eyeing her to see what she recommends. And you can see he also has a pistol and a sword in hand. But we're going to now leave initiative and if we jump back into initiative, we'll start right back up at the top with Phobos and Demos because we did a whole round. Okay, Sanya, listening to you, Nari, she nods and she says, I tell you what, I will allow you safe passage off of my ship and I will wait here for my charges. And if they do not come back after I wait a sufficient amount of time, then I will leave of my own volition. What if you say? What if Queen Kira was interested in procuring this ship? W- would you be open to that? Uh, make a persuasion check. Only because tensions have been so high. Well, I'm not very good at that. Oh, but you're you're Nari Nat 20. I rolled a, well, I rolled a 15, so 14. <laughs> She's listening, at least, to what you have to say. She says, I'm not opposed to working for the Queen of Tabori should this contract end. However, I hope you understand that currently I am under contract and I will do everything in my power to uphold my end of this contract. I understand that. You're an honorable woman. Would you truly help fugitives escape? Fugitives according to who? Well, you happen to be in the kingdom of Tabori. Yes, I do. But you know as well as I do that that's not always the case. Father, you've gone to war with other nations and other peoples, even though it was not legal to invade their land. You have done this. You know that when it comes to war, legal matters are never quite as clear as we'd like to think they are. And, and she reaches into her jacket and she pulls out a piece of paper. And it is um, kind of a, kind of rolled up, kind of scroll looking, um, but it's 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 unfurled. It's got a little uh, seal on the bottom of it. As you look at the seal, you can see that it is a black wax with a um, with a tower imprint in it. And she holds it out to you, Pine, and she says, "This is their declaration of war to any nation that opposes their rule." So legally. I guess you could say they are at war with Tabori and they are well within their rights to do what they think is right. Sanya, the war that I fought with the Empire was a war of defense. The Empire came in, the Empire took from Menarest. Father, that was not your only battle. That was your last battle. Pine, you being a military man, you've, you've, I mean, you haven't done war crimes or anything like that, but you, you've had to fight battles that you necessarily did not believe in wholeheartedly, I would assume, right? That's true, yes. That, you're right, Sanya. But a, but a blanket declaration of war for any who do not follow their laws, that is war crime. In this 
age since the shattering. Who's to say what country is legitimate? I'm not saying that I agree with the Tower of Adjudication. I am saying that in this age, with the downfall of the empire, with countries splitting, with now even Dolene is now two nations because two twins could not agree who was the rightful leader, right? I mean, we live in an age of unprecedented change. And I am just trying to be as honorable as I can, as well as give my men, and she points back to the sailors, a good livelihood and a way to actually use their, uh, their craft and their skills to better their families and their situations. So in, in trying to be honorable, you have landed on the coward's path of not having to take a stand for anything and just letting the money dictate what you should do. Abdicate your choice. Nari is going to elbow Abby so hard and be like, look, we just got her to calm down. Do you want Pine to have an aneurysm? (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with Abby. She's hiding behind this honor, decidedly not taking a stand for something she believes in or does not believe in. This is stubbornness. I'm leaving. She nods at you, Roos, and she says, a wise decision. But your ship is not welcome here ever again. And so help me, if I see this ship fly in the skies above Tabori, then with Lord Alel as my witness, I will strike it down with lightning and thunder. Well, I understand that, like, we're, we, we are in a disagreement here, but you don't have to be so violent about everything. Ebby's <laughs> like in a huff in the back there. <laughs> Honestly, I hate to side with Pine on this one, but it, she's doing her best. You you have a noble spirit. You always have. Yeah, Ebby's Eb, like pacing like an animal that wants to just leap into into the fray. <laughs> like he's he's pretty pissed. Any anything. Wait, are you still in the shape of a moose? <laughs> <laughs> An elk? <laughs> <laughs> no, just a moose pacing back and forth. <laughs> a majestic elk. No, Abby, Abby, yeah, Abby is riled up. Yeah, I get that. And you can see the tension in Sanya's face and in her shoulders. Anybody who has been around Pine for a while um, recognizes a lot of Sanya's mannerisms are very similar to Pine's at this point. It's my party. <laughs> uh, no, she actually, no, her song is You Would Cry Too If It Happened to You. <laughs> it's, no, it's a... Uh, no, no, Judy's Turn to, to Cry. Yeah, Judy's yeah. Turn to Cry. Anyway, sorry. The sequel. Yes. But Pine will Pine will say, I respect how honorable of a woman you've become. Will you listen to your heart for once instead of your head? Instead of your sense of obligation, will you come with me to see your mother? Oh, okay. My jaw dropped. Ace in the hole. Yeah. Okay. That's a little Pine. manipulative, but all right, I'm here for it. <laughs> That's not how manipulative no, is that? It's great. I love you know it. what? I love it. Uh, Pine, I want you to make another persuasion check with advantage. Okay, here we go. You see that you caught her off guard. That's a natural 20 for a 27. Oh, Oh, my gosh. You see her, when you say, will you go see your mother? Her fingers loosen on her saber and it clatters to the ground. And she quickly bends over and snatches it back up. But you um, blindsided her. She 
looks you in the in the eye, Pine. Uh, she's looking for manipulation, knowing that she's not going to see it from you. You are her father, and regardless of everything, she knows that you love her. But she is still wary. I understand that you're you you you're wary. We we Pine and Petal and Leon moved to Tabury. Sanya was already an adult. She was actually now in the Imperial Army. Yes, because she fought in the Menarest Army with you. She was a, a very, very yes. young officer during that war. But she did visit me after Petal's death. But she did, did not she live ever, in Tabry. No. She never lived in Tabry. Did she ever visit her mother here? I think at that last time when she came to talk to you, she did. I mean, but that was after she was dead. That was after her mom had passed. Okay, so she never like her. She never saw her mom living here. Probably not. The Empire kept her very busy. Her military career did. You see it, Pine, you, you would see that that is very similar to your career. When you were a military man, you were not around for even the births of your children. Yeah, we talked about that in my, uh, in my near-death flashback. Yeah. Holding Sanya for the first time as a toddler. And here she is. She sheathes her sword. She turns around and she calls out behind her, Cal. Keep the ship secure. I will return. And you can see that the first mate like speaks up. He goes to say something and she holds up her hand. And she says, these people are trustworthy. She says to Cal over her shoulder, she says, I know that this one will make sure that no harm comes to me. And then she motions for you to go back over the side, down the ladder and back into the dinghy. Phobos and Demos can swim, right? Wolves swim. <laughs> yes, or I can stay here if you'd like me to. Ebby, come on, let's go. Okay. <laughs> I will, I'll collect my cane and my sword, quickly sheathe my sword, and get in the dinghy. Okay. Sanya climbs down and gets in the dinghy as well. As you, I guess everyone gets in the dinghy? Yeah, I... I legit will have Phobos and Demos like doggy paddling next to the dinghy. <laughs> I'm not willing to release them yet. Oh yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, as you guys are, are about to start paddling away, um, Sanya turns back to the ship and she says, Cal, no one comes on this ship while I'm gone. No one. And he says, aye, Captain. And then you row away back towards Tabory Landing. Man, you run a tight ship there. I, I really respect that. She says, I had a uh, military dad who uh, really instilled some of those qualities in me. It wasn't always easy living with me, I know. Let's go see mom. Okay. Let's go see mom. Ebby is going to mutter under his breath something to the effect of, and sometimes it's shocking how far the apple falls from the tree. Are you letting her hear it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what do you, are you all wrapped up like a Bedouin right now? Or are you, uh, are, are you, are you wearing your fake face? Are you still disguised as tripping? Oh, yeah, I guess you guys never dropped the. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I ever dropped the disguise self. Yeah. From me looking like tripping. So I guess a peek behind Ebby's kind of hostility here. Basically he sees the empire and the adjudicatorium as like, these are the people that have enslaved and murdered all of his people and are responsible for killing or like threatening Lord Moshe. Like these are the bad guys like wholeheartedly. And so anybody that allies with them, he sees as equally condemnable, you know? 
Right. Not saying that he's right, but that's why he's kind of angsty <laughs> right no, now. It's, you know, well, I love the fact that you guys are thinking about emotions as opposed to just what's right and wrong, because, I mean, that's a very human and very realistic way to respond to a situation like this. So, okay. Yeah, you guys paddle back across the river, fighting the current as you land back at Tabory Landing and get off of the dinghy. And uh, Sanya waits for you to lead her to Artarian's temple. If it's all right with everybody, I mean, Sanya and I can go alone and I'll regroup with you. I can send word through Squire. We can reconvene. You can continue the search for um, our missing adjudicators. And you sure you'll be safe? Are you? Yeah. Are you sure we shouldn't uh, just have someone come along with you guys just to make sure you all are as safe as possible? Who has the sword? I do. Uh, Nari, Nari has it right now. Okay. I'm happy to do whatever. If Sanya has kept up her training, as I have no doubt she has, I could not possibly be any safer with anyone else. I wasn't talking about her protecting you. And Abby's just eyeing her, just full-on glaring daggers at this woman. Nari will kind of step forward and say, I, I just mean she does not seem... She doesn't want to seem to hurt her charges, which makes sense. But would it be okay if I accompanied you? I'm happy to stand at the uh, entrance of the temple. I don't want to interfere on your guys' moment. My only question is this. If Kippen and Trippin attack Mr. Pine, what are you going to do, Sonya? She puts her hand on Pine's shoulder and she says, This is my father. I will make sure that no harm comes to him. In spite of his... In spite of his what? Finish your, finish your thought, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> Could I actually ask you um, to do a persuasion check on Ebby? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, for sure. Let me see what her persuasion is. Um, she rolled a an eight. Okay. I, I don't know that that's enough to make Ebby feel comfortable, but I don't think he's going to put up a fight, so he's still very leery. It could be a 12 intimidation instead. I don't... I still... I, I don't know what I would compare that necessarily to... No, it's definitely, she was trying to persuade you, but um, I, I think Ebby's just not having any of it. Yeah, I think he's just, he's just not going to be very trusting in this case. That's fine. That's cool. All right. Uh, what I will do, though, if it's okay, Paul, I'm actually going to have Ebby telepathically tell Amarok to, to trail them and to, to kind of be there to help Pine just in case. Awesome. Okay, so we're splitting the party. I just kind of would like to trail you guys, but I guess, I guess I'm not wanted here. No, if it would make you feel comfortable, that's fine. But like I said, honestly, I would feel much more comfortable if you were part of the effort to track down the adjudicators. I'm worried. I'm worried that the constabulary may not be safe. Well, that's where we have our prisoners. That's where I was headed. I'll go with you, Roos. That is where we should go. Yeah. But be safe. And I'll join you as soon as I can. I just... I can't pass up this opportunity. I haven't, Sanya, I haven't seen you in years. And I, I hate the way we parted company last time. Regretted it ever since. This is Crumbles. <laughs> remember mom's old chubby pony, Crumbles? Oh, yes, the fat pony. Yes, I remember, I remember Crumbles. So this is Crumbles, the new Crumbles. Okay. Um, she reaches up to, to pet Crumbles. How does, how does Crumbles respond? Honest, I was going to have you tell me, because thinking back to Crumble's origin, there was a bit of something, some kind of 
presence in Crumbles? I think Crumbles, um, you don't know necessarily why, but as she reaches up to pet Crumbles' nose, Crumbles kind of rears back. Doesn't lash out or anything, but just kind of rears back and gives a little snort, basically saying, you're not welcome to touch me. And if you want to make an insight check, Pine, you can. You have a telepathic communication with, uh, with Crumbles. I rolled an eight. That's all. Just untrusting. Well, then let's split up. All right. We have Pine and Sanya going to um, the uh, Artarian's temple. And we've got Ebi, Nari, and Roos going to the constabulary. I'm going to clear initiatives. And why don't we go ahead and have um, an initiative roll. One person from the group of three and then Pine. So we'll see who goes first. Okay. Pine rolled a 12. Roos, I nominate you for our initiative roll. <laughs> All right. I'm not great, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> I got a seven. <laughs> <laughs> Roos and Nari and uh, Ebby, you guys all head north towards the constabulary as Pine and Sanya make their way past the Kagari, turning a little bit west and heading towards the Temple of Artarian, the uh, lady of kind of decay and nature in the fact that everything will decay and then lead to more life is basically her her domain. As you approach the temple, um, as I, I explained it a couple of sessions ago, there's basically like these different um, wings that come off of the central part of the temple. And those different wings are basically these uh, giant tombs or giant compost bins, basically, where um, followers of Artarian can be, they can have their bodies interred there, and then their bodies will become part of the soil. And then that soil can be then be used to help regrow um, new plants and new uh, new food, that kind of thing. It's a it's kind of a way that um, Artarian's followers will uh, express their devotion even in death. So you approach this temple. As you know, your mother was was very sick at the end. We had to make arrangements for her, and I thought that this was probably what she would have wanted. She didn't really remember in the end. But, um, this is, this is the temple of Lady Artarian. And, uh, as you know, her body has now become part of the growing things all throughout the city, and even outside the city. But I'll show you where, um... I'll show you where the ceremony took place, where we laid her body. She nods and she follows behind. As you walk in, she says, Father, what brought you back here? I'm not saying to this place, to Tabri. I'm saying to this. And she motions at your sword and at your your fancy jacket, you know, your, your ambassador's jacket, basically. Why can you not just rest? I've tried. I've tried a number of times. When your mother got sick, I was so consumed with taking care of her and, and Leon, and, and he had all his own issues. And it was all so consuming. I thought that by the time that was, that was all over that I would, I would welcome rest. But um, I, 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 I couldn't be still. I couldn't, I couldn't sit still and watch and watch injustice. I couldn't sit still and watch another sovereign nation crumble to the will of, of a bully. Let's be honest, a bully. I, um, 
I wrote you once. Anyway, um... I didn't get it. It was a sentimental thing, and it was more of a... In case I die, see that this makes its way to Captain Sanya Pine. Anyway, um... I traveled with these... my colleagues... five years ago. Then the world ended, and I thought now would be the time to rest... I couldn't be still, not with... You know... You know the angry one? Back, my friend, the angry one. Well, his name is Ebby. He is a deacon. Make an insight check. That's a 14. Okay, well, she rolled a natural 19. You, you cannot read anything in her expression. Did you know that those deacons... That they are the survivors of an ancient civilization... And they have been trapped in those bodies, sleeping and unable to act for themselves as they served the Empire. When the world ended, Ebby and I worked together to free many of them from that slavery, from that sleep. And now, they are once again somewhat autonomous, as much as they can be. After that, I, I looked for you. I was in Almar. I looked for you. I looked for Tenra Jr. And I didn't find either of you. I found no remnants of or evidence of you. And I feared the worst. So I went and I spent some time with Leon. He's made a really good life for himself, you know. He's overcome quite a bit. That's good to hear. You're an ant. Huh. Twice. Oh, and that you do see surprise in her eyes. Oh, I did not know. Your beautiful children. There's a, a daughter, Petal, and a son, Vince. Vince would be... Oh, cowering on my fingers. Six or seven now. F- no, five. Five or six now, yes. Anyway. I think four. He, I met him in year two. He was a newborn. And it's been four, okay. Then I thought, hey, I hear that Menares is its own country again. Maybe I'll go retire there. It's not the Menares we served. I don't know if you've been there or seen what's been going on. It's a paltry shadow of its former glory. I I have been there, yes. Well, I went there as well, and nobody wanted to hear anything from Pine, the, the failure at Redleaf. They still blame you for Redleaf? They have to blame someone. I don't know why they didn't blame the Empire. I think that they spent so long after that under the Empire's thumb that very few remember the Menarest of old. And like you said, this new one is a, a paltry shadow of the, the former country's glory. I became unwelcome in Menarest, so I came back here to where I was... Where I spent the last days with your mother, and I was going to retire here as well, and I tried to rest, and this new country needed help establishing itself. It needed strong allies, it needed experience in military matters, and so I, once again, did not retire. I spent the entire last year as an ambassador in Arklevy, which is its own kingdom as well. Sanya, I don't think I will ever hang up this sword. She 
nods and she says, If I'm honest with myself, I feel the same about myself. And that's not a bad way to go. Doing what you feel is right till the end of your days, as long as you have the power. You, you understand why I can't just do as you ask and leave those who I have sworn to transport and protect while they're under my charge. You, you understand why I cannot do that because your friends do not. It's true. It's very easy to see things from one's point of view, but I have a different perspective. Thanks to you. As I was traveling with them five years ago, we fell under the the eye of the Empire. They sent soldiers after us. Every time I fought with them, I saw your face. I knew that these were children of, of other occupied peoples of the Empire, fighting in foreign wars. And I did my best to spare life where possible. I tried to do the honorable thing. You must know. At this point, you guys are actually in the temple and you guys are actually sitting there. I, I imagine you're kind of in one of these chambers where they um, inter the bodies and uh, it's kind of freshly um, tilled soil. Um, you can kind of smell the you know, the decay, but also you smell the, the soil and the dirt. You know, it's very kind of an earthy scent in there. She puts her hand on your shoulder and she looks at you, Pine, and she says, Father, you must know that I did not desire to be an Imperial soldier. That was never my goal. Our situation changed and it was become a rebel or it was try to do what I could as part of the empire that we had be. By the end of the war, we were the empire, father. We were the empire. They accepted us and they were willing to accept me with open arms. And I saw two choices, a rebellious path or maybe try to use the skills that I had to try to to help some of these other soldiers, these other children of occupied nations, to be able to help them to survive the empire. I did not, she kind of picks at her, her jacket. She says, I did not desire to wear this gray. She points at your jacket. She says, I always saw myself in blue, but then the blue was gone. Now, I can't change the past. I can't change the choices that I made, but I have always tried to be honorable and to keep my word. And right now, Father, my word is that my ship will stay in the river. It will not turn its cannons on your city for any amount of money that the adjudicatorium can pay us. I am transporting them as per our contract. And while they are under my charge and on my ship, I will protect them. But just like when I became an Imperial officer, it does not mean that I agree with everything that they do. But sometimes we have to do what we have to do, not necessarily what we want to do. But thank you for bringing me here to visit mom and to have this chance to reconnect with you. I feel like you understand me and I feel like I understand you, maybe better than anyone else. And I love you, Father. I've always loved you, little kitten. Pine is going to pull out his bag and start rummaging around through it. And he will find a yellowed, torn, old note that he's kept with him for years and hand it to her. As you do that, she reaches into her breast pocket and she pulls out one and hands it to you. 
And she says, I hope this is not our last time communicating. I must get back to my ship. And you can tell now that she is fighting back tears. She stands up. She gives you a little bow. Nope. Pine stands up and embraces her. She hesitates for a second, and then she embraces you back. A very strong, very powerful hug. But not too long before she recomposes herself, puts her hand on your shoulders, and kind of pushes you away. Not unkindly. You're one hell of a captain. Do you know that? I mean, of course you do. <laughs> but you're, you are honorable and humble. I, I know that about you as well. There may, become, there may come a time when we seek your help. There are things going on here now. We may need your skill. We may need you as an ally if we're to overcome inevitability. This letter's a bit, the letter I gave you is a bit dated, but it, it will hopefully explain a few things about our actions five years ago, the events that took place, and, and I just, you know I won't be idle. But, um, inevitability is real, and I think we have a chance to turn it back. When I'm done with this position, I, if there is a job for me here in Tabury, I will come back. I will give Queen Kira of the Kingdom of Tabury the first option to pull a contract for me. She will accept it. I will make sure of it. She bows and turns on her heel and walks out very, very officially, very brusquely, very um, officer-like, um, leaving you there, Pine, in the Temple of Artarian. Um, oh, one thing she does say as you hand her that note, she's like, why is it burned around the edges? <laughs> there was a wall of fire. and a That was that episode, right? Yes, it was. I, that happened right after I wrote that letter. I think, yeah, that, that was that that very episode. Oh, gosh, that was something else. But I will also say that over the years, Pine has added little bits to it. Very cool. So it's because, it, I mean, it's that's horribly out of date at this point. All right. Leaving Pine to um, sit there in um, in the Temple of Artarian. Pine, at some point, if you want to read that letter, that is fine as well. The letter that Sanya had written to you. As we join Ebby and Nari and uh, Roos, um, the um, kind of the city hall is on the western side of this building, and then the constabulary is the eastern side of this building. It's a place you guys have all been before, and you approach the constabulary. Um, as you approach, you can see that there are a couple of these constables that are standing out in front of the constabulary um, as they were before. Um, it looks like they are more at attention and more kind of aware of what's going on. Definitely more um, or less at ease than they were last time you were here. Um, they are aware that things are kind of off and you approach the constabulary. I think Ebby is kind of muttering under his breath, just being like, and I can't believe that she's related to him. How could somebody <sighs> coming from that stock still be so blind to the atrocities that they're helping perpetuate? And he's just kind of muttering frustratedly under his breath. It wasn't too long ago where you probably could have described me with those same words. Yes, but but you're Roos. And, you you know, with the, the vest and the mustache. I mean, who could have thought you were capable of evil, personally? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I am fairly handsome. I get that. And stylish, too. Let's put that in there. <laughs> I didn't say anything about handsome. Oh. Don't get ahead of yourself here, bud. Just Scott just wants it to be canon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was just trying to make Roos awkward. 
I mean, when I worked for Howling Talent, I, I just, I worked for them and I felt like my code of honor was, was following these rules that they had prescribed for me. And it had nothing to do with morality. It had everything to do with honor. And that's what I see in her. I suppose I just, to, to ally yourself even passively with a group that can cause such damage it feels like it requires just the a, a moral ambivalence that would be shocking to me. To be fair, any group can cause huge damage. I think it's hard to align yourself with someone who's powerful without taking on that risk. We're a group and we didn't cause huge damage. Yeah, not at <laughs> all. We did screw up the planet. I mean. Oh, God. <laughs> a fair point. We did destroy the planet. <laughs> you guys are standing up. The constable goes, "Wait, what? You guys destroyed the planet?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thing people say. It's it's just a phrase, you know. Oh, there I go, destroying the planet again. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's like when you it's like when you really wreck a toilet. Oh, <laughs> you should have seen how I destroyed that planet the other day. Woo, burritos! <laughs> let me tell you what, destroyer of worlds. All right, well, you guys are here at the constabulary. What would you like to do here? I want to go check on the the tower guy that we've got. Oh, uh, the two of them that are in the uh, oubliette? Yes, in the oubliette. Yeah, one of the constables out at the front, uh, he kind of bows to you and he says, uh, just Roos. Yes, um, I can take you down into the basement. I can take you to those prisoners in the oubliette. <laughs> <laughs> the name tag's working. Just Roos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He he takes you into the um, into the barracks and then he takes you down uh, past the uh, the dungeon cells here on the or the prison cells on the first floor, and he takes you down a staircase um, under the earth. I need everyone to uh, make a quick perception check. Ooh, okay. Nari rolled a 10. Ebby got a 14. Roos got a 25. As you start following this constable down the stairs, Roos, something tickles the back of your neck, like hair starts standing up on the back of your neck. Um, and um, at first you're not sure what it is, uh, but then you you can hear the voices Come, you hear voices coming up from the basement, from the stairs. Um, and it seems like they are calling out. Um, and with your 25, which is amazing, you can actually hear um, kind of a murmur of excitement. And then you hear one voice say, no, take me too. Take me too. Russell shout, they're downstairs. And I'll start sprinting. All right, you guys arrive downstairs in the basement of the constabulary. So the way that the basement is set up, um, the stairs are on the western side of this basement. And you can see that there's this um, kind of this wide hallway heading towards the east. And there are um, dungeon cells on the north and on the south side. And then even further south, there's like this hallway that leads around to the back side. And that's kind of a more of a torture chamber. But if you follow this long hallway to the east, you actually can see the oubliette. It is this large pit. It's about 10 feet in diameter. And there are iron bars like set across it, like a, a grate uh, over the top of it. Um, and as you get down the stairs, you can hear that there are people in some of these cells. So not in the oubliette, but in these cells that line the north and the south of this hallway. You can hear them like calling out saying, don't leave me, take me too. Um, and as you get down here, you can see lying in the middle of the hallway is a constable dead covered in his own blood 
The boobliette did not keep them. It's clobbering time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roos is going to sprint to the oubliette. As you go towards the oubliette, you can see that um, there are a couple of cells on the north wall that are full of prisoners. Uh, like there's two cells that are full. On the south uh, section of this hallway, there is a third prisoner that is locked up in one of these cells. These cells are underground. There's no windows or anything. It's very, very dark down here. Um, in fact, I don't even know what you guys can even see. Um, oh, gosh. You guys can't see very much at all uh, because it is here in this basement. You can see through the bars some of these prisoners. Um, and then at the end of the hall, you can kind of see the edges of this large hole, this large grate. But there is a, there's a torch on the wall that lights up part of this hallway, but it's really dark on the eastern side of this of this hallway. Nari is going to follow Roos to the, the boobliette. Um, Nari, we're, for you um, and, and for Roos too, it's going to be dark enough down there that you're going to be in pitch pitch darkness by the time you actually get um, kind of over the oubliette. All right. Well, then Nari is going to use her cantrip and she is going to um, grant herself some light. And that's 20 feet, I believe. Mm-hmm. Ding. All of a sudden, Nari, what, what exactly do you cast light upon? Like, what is the light emitting from? I think she's going to actually honestly cast it on her axe as she like unsheathes it. So that way she can kind of have something in front of her that she can use to shed light. All right. Now you can see further down the hallway as you approach the oubliette, you can see this large pit and you can see that um, the bars uh, that go across the top of it, it's like this solid grate and there's like one section of the grate you can lift up as like a, as like a hatch. Can we see anything down into it? Yeah, are there people down there? As you get closer and as you look down in, you can see that it is actually empty. Roos is going to turn to Squire and say, send a message to Mr. Pine that they have started murdering constables and that he needs to get to the queen and put the city on high alert. Any people from this tower of adjudicatorium are to be attacked and apprehended on site. Ebby is going to go to one of the cells and just say, I'll put in a good word for you with the constabulary if you'll tell me which direction they went. Did they go down the drain? Uh, make a persuasion check. Mm, I've got super good persuasion. Here we go. Oh, I got a 19 for a, for a not natural 20. Uh, nice, a dirty 20. Um, he thinks about it for a second and he says, they showed up out of nowhere. They they came and they slaughtered that guard. Uh, and then and then they... He kind of motions across the hall to this uh, other cell across the hall. It's empty. He says, they they went in there. Well, let's go, guys. Nari will run towards there. Yeah, as you guys go in there, you see there is this small 10 foot by 10 foot cell. Yeah, it looks less like any other prison cell. You can see there's manacles like on the wall. There's even like one of those big, huge like balls with a chain and, a, and an ankle lock on it um, just resting there on the ground. We need pine there to like tap on all the stones. <laughs> um, Nari will kind of look around for any sort of escape route or anything like that. Okay. Uh, make an investigation check. If somebody wants to help, they can, you can do it with advantage. Yeah. Can I help her with that too? Yeah. Sure. Oh, thing. thank heck. Cause I rolled a five and then a seven. Not great. <laughs> it, it seems like a solid cell. I was going to say, we might need Roos to investigate this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm fairly certain they teleported themselves out. Well, you do remember um, that um, you saw the two adjudicators like disappear. Yeah, this is a solid cell. 
But why come over to this cell? I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, but why go through the effort of specifically coming through here? I think there's two places that we could either go. We could either go back to Angus's. If there are other people from the tower, they might say that's where it happened. They might go there to get information or to the queen. I think we need to go to the queen. All right, let's go. Let's ride. You guys are going to split and take a, uh, a a mad dash back towards the castle. At this point, Pine, you've also gotten that same message to go and help protect the queen. Okay, so Nari said, let's ride. I want to know what the riding situation of Ebby and Roos is. That's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's private information, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point, Phobos and Demos would still be around. Yeah, they're probably hanging around outside the um, the barracks here. No wonder Abby's so upset. <laughs> Pent up aggression or something? Well, you, you can't use that spell slot, and the wolves really haven't got a chance to do anything. Oh, that's true. Although they did, they did eat that one dude. They got, they got one guy in there. Yeah, they they definitely did that. But I was just saying that uh, that Bruce got to got to ride the wolves instead of Abby. <laughs> that's all I was saying. <laughs> Stupid Phobos and Demos. Not like I care or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, me either. You know, like, this is fine. <laughs> All right, you guys leave the constabulary. Pine, you start rushing up towards the upper city, towards the castle. And we'll say that you guys all uh, reconvene there in Tabory Keep. As you guys all meet up kind of right in the front of the castle and you rush into the uh, the courtyard of the of the keep as they open the gate for you again, um, you see Brinby and Hebo as well as Briak are there in the castle, um, protecting it like you had asked them to um, in our last episode. Um, and they see you come rushing in and uh, uh, Brinby asks, what's going on? Why, why the rush? Is the queen in danger? Did we bring Angus into protective custody like we said? Is he here? The barkeep, yes, he's here. Okay. Where are they being held right now? We have reason to believe that the uh, that these adjudicators that have come into the city may be able to teleport. Mm, teleportation, give me a break. Uh, he's in the tower keep with the queen. Well, let's go. They killed constables! I was waiting for somebody who actually observed the constable death to say that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> They've killed constables. I had a very touching moment with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they've killed they've killed constables now too. Yes. So one civilian and now constables. Yeah, you guys go into the tower keep and um you see um in that entry hall, that small hall, you see Kira is sitting on her throne talking with Beatrice the butler again. She looks um frazzled and she as she you come rushing in, she says, "Any word? Any word? Have you figured out anything about what's going on with these bailiffs?" As we arrive, we'll say, "They're able to teleport. They freed some they freed the prisoners we took at the Kegri. Queen Kira, they have been murdering constables. Anyone that's been in their path, they have been murdering. We're afraid they're coming after Angus or you. But we did negotiate next dibs on the airship, so... This <laughs> is my daughter. It's kind of a family deal with, you know, families and friends. <laughs> so does that mean like 40% off or like what are we talking about? It, it means first dibs. She's got to make a living, man. <laughs> we must find these adjudicators. We must put a stop to what they're doing in this city. 
I need you to find them. I will send out the constables to help track them down. But I have no leads. Honestly, the only leads we have too are you're in charge of the city, so you would be an important person for them to come judge. Angus already was going to be judged. They're after this sword. And they're after the sword. We're all here right now. I don't know how else we could lure them out of hiding. Those men from Arkelvy. Maybe, maybe they're trying to make some sort of pact with them at the moment. Maybe we should figure out where those, those people are and see if our enemies of our enemies are friends. They're at the Stone Horsemen, right? That's where they were staying? That's where they were staying. Yes, that's what I heard. We don't want them as enemies. And Angus is, Angus is okay? Angus is here. Where is he? Upstairs. Okay, well, let's summon him. Angus! I'll just start yelling up the stairs. Angus! Angus! One of the guards kind of kind of uh, comes to it. Like he's, he was kind of like napping in the corner. Oh, yeah, okay. And he goes upstairs. Then he comes back down and Angus comes down as well. He's like, what? What is it? What is it you need? You were out of sight, which meant that you could have been lying in a pool of your own blood. Wanted to make sure you were okay. He kind of puts his head in his hands and he says, all this over a stupid sword. Why don't we just give it to him? Just give it to them and then maybe they'll leave. That was my first inclination. But now that they have been murdering people, this ends here. And then Kira says, well, then maybe we tell them we'll give it to them. Maybe we make it known that we have it and that they can have it if they will leave. And then we can put an end to them. Maybe that's all the bait we need for a trap. So do we send runners, tell them to meet us here in the throne? Or maybe we just take the sword out into public and wave it around and yell real loud. Swing it around. Honestly, they could be anywhere. We want to choose our ground. Preferably someplace where civilians won't become collateral damage. Well, we'll keep the civilians away. We will make sure that the civilians are away from wherever this goes down. It will take a little bit of time to prepare it, but my guards and my constables will be there to help you. What about the courtyard of this keep? There's walls, thick walls. If anybody is able to throw crazy spells or something, they hopefully wouldn't be able to penetrate them and damage the nearby city. She looks at you guys. She says, are you, are you ready to do this now? Or do you need some time to prepare? I mean, I'd love a nap, but... <laughs> <laughs> a nap sounds wonderful, but... It's, at this point, it's getting towards evening. It's actually like probably like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night now. Should we go to the Stone Horseman? Does that, does, would that make any sense or, or no? I don't know why they would have any reason to go there. I, I think they're, they would go to Angus's bar and then come find Angus here is what I would assume. I was just worried that the enemy of us and the enemy of us might be friends. That's true. And the longer they spend in the city, the more chances they have of learning of the plight of the... Uh, ambassador of Arklevy and how he might be disappointed with not being able to meet the, the queen and <laughs> disappointed that their scheme to murder her didn't go through. It's a great theory, Roos, and I'm I'm I tend to believe you on this, but I'd love some evidence before we start, you know, sitting throats. That's why I leave the politicking to better men. Well, Dari will kind of unsheath the sword and say, I, I, here it is, if we want to call them here. 
better here than in the city where it hurts civilians, as you said. The longer we take, the more potential there is for death and for destruction and for more subterfuge on their part. But I would love a nap. Perhaps we take us take an hour to get everything prepared. Oh, I was thinking more along the lines of eight hours, but... <laughs> <laughs> when I say nap, I mean I have no spell slots and half my hit die. And... So that's a decision you guys are going to have to make. Kira says... I have rooms here, and we can keep you safe, as safe as anywhere in the city. I think perhaps we, I think perhaps we do that. Let's try to hole up here, rest up if we can. It'll allow me a chance to perhaps prepare some additional spells, and we can, can aim to perhaps initiate something in the morning. Senya has guaranteed that the airship would not fire on Tabri, so even if they did make their way back to the Angel's Might, they wouldn't take to the air and then bombard the city from the sky. As far as you know. As far as I know, and I know my daughter. Ebby, I understand you're angry. I understand you don't trust her. Trust me. Very well. I feel, I feel great. I think that instead of sleeping, I might... I might feel more comfortable just uh, hanging out in front of the Stone Horseman and just just to keep watch. All right. Well, here's what's going to happen. Kira has Beatrice prepare some rooms for uh, the three of you who are going to take some time and rest, as well as Angus, while Nari makes her way to the Stone Horseman. One quick question. Where is the sword? I think, Nari, you should leave the sword with us. I agree. Okay. The sword stays in the rooms with Pine and Ebby and uh, Roos. And Nari makes her way... Wait, whose room does it stay in? Is it Roos and Ebby? It's all one room with beds. It's just one room. It's one room with multiple beds. It's, this is not a fancy room. This is like a, basically like a, a barracks room that she's putting you guys up in. We're going to have a pre-battle cuddle puddle. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> All right. So we have the boys are staying in a room with Angus while Nari makes her way over to the Stone Horseman to keep an eye on Miro, the ambassador from Arkelvy, to see what he might be up to in this whole situation. And that is where we're going to stop for tonight. Oh, my goodness, guys. What an episode. <sighs> that was a marathon. Emotionally exhausting. I was going to say really quick, though, um, Nari, Crumbles would accompany you. Nice. I also took a short rest, so I did like one one dice, which rolled a, a 10, so that was pretty cool. But Yeah, let's talk about all this stuff in between, and uh, when we get together next week, we will see what happens. So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, if you like what we're doing, go check out our new Discord server and uh, let us know. You know, we have a place for fan art, for um, comments, for theories, all that kind of stuff. Um, also, we have our Patreon. We also have tweets and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't, do we though? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we got I used tweets. to talk about the Twitters and stuff, the tweets and the twits and stuff like that. Links in the description, though, for the Patreon and for the Discord. Can I plug a movie I watched? Sure. I, so I went to and saw everything everywhere all at once. And as I walked out of the theater, like instantly top five best movies that I've ever seen. 
Ooh. It's amazing. Highly recommended by Scott. Yes. Okay, I, I've, I already wanted to see it, but I'm definitely going to see it now. It's awesome. incredible in so many mind-bending ways. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to even describe what the experience is like. Yeah. So after you're all caught up with our podcast, then go watch that movie. But only after. <laughs> only after. <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, hey, until next time, we hope you have a great time. <laughs>